The Growing Destinations podcast is brought to you by Experience Rochester. Learn more about Minnesota's third largest city, which is home to Mayo Clinic and features wonderful recreational and entertainment opportunities by visiting experiencerochestermn.com. We don't have everything, and so we rely on the major attractions and our our neighbors around us to really uplift the region and the Twin Cities to bring visitors to the whole area. I have always wanted to be supportive to another organization that's smaller than mine because that's I started there. And um, there were times people weren't as supportive, and I'm so happy that that's evolved. Certainly, and from a woman's standpoint as well, I, I really want to be supportive of how can we help you in your destination, whether it be some challenge or some new opportunity. You know, it's really nice to have that collaboration. Welcome to the Growing Destinations podcast, where we take a deep dive into destination development and focus on a wide range of topics from tourism and entertainment to economic development and entrepreneurism and much more. I'm your host, Bill Von Bank. Two leaders in Minnesota's tourism scene are optimistic about the future of travel. Bonnie Carlson is president and CEO of the Bloomington Convention and Visitors Bureau, and Amy Burrell is executive director of Experience Burnsville. As destination marketers and collaborators, Amy and Bonnie are passionate about the work they do in promoting their cities and the state of Minnesota to potential visitors and business travelers. In their forward-looking approach, they are eagerly exploring cutting-edge technologies, including the ever-evolving world of artificial intelligence, which has ignited a profound discussion within the tourism industry. Bonnie Carlson, Amy Burrell, welcome to the Growing Destinations podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here. You are both tenured leaders with destination marketing organizations in Minnesota. Bonnie, president and CEO with the Bloomington Convention and Visitors Bureau, and Amy, executive director of Experience Burnsville. We're going to have a great discussion on the work you do in tourism. But first, I'd like to learn a little bit more about you and how you got started in the biz. Bonnie, how long have you been with the Bloomington Convention and Visitors Bureau, and what was the attraction? I have been with Bloomington for 38 years. i had just been thinking about that. It seems doesn't seem that long. I actually came to the destination marketing part of our business from the hotel business. I had formerly worked, I started in the hotel business for, worked for Holiday Inns and then worked for Hyatt in those days. And uh, a friend of mine told me about this job that could really be terrific. And um, so I applied. Of course, it was very small in those days, but yet, boy, time has just gone really fast. I was really young, too, I should just say that. (laughs) Amy, how about you? What got you involved and what was the attraction? I've been with Experience Burnsville for a little over 17 years. And I, at the time, I was with the Minneapolis Regional Chamber of Commerce. So I came via the chamber world. And I was living in Burnsville. And I was attending a visioning meeting for the community. And a friend um, mentioned that this position was available. And I thought... What a great opportunity to really learn more about our community and immerse myself in what I really enjoy is the community aspect of it, networking and the marketing and promotion and the 
rest is sort of history. Here I am, 17 <laughs> years later. Seems like just a few years at times. That went by fast. It went yeah, by fast. For sure. Congrats to both of you for the long tenure and the success you're having. For people who don't know the term destination marketing organizations, and in, in the world of tourism, it, it comes down to an acronym, DMO. Tell us a little bit more about the work your organizations do within the destination marketing space. A destination marketing organization job is to promote the destination and everything in it to potential visitors. So these could be out-of-town visitors, most likely, and um, could be international. And depending on what you're talking about, if it's a community event, that could also be interesting to the people who live in your city or other cities. But primarily, we like to say that when you visit Minnesota, we would love for you to stay in one of our hotels in Bloomington. So it really comes down to that. In fact, in our mission statement, we talk about we inspire travelers to choose Bloomington as a place that they might want to visit. And of course, Amy, in your work, you want them to also consider Burnsville. (laughs) Yes. But we also understand that Burnsville is a smaller community destination-wise. We have nine hotels where... I lost count of how many hotels Bloomington has. They have right. a lot. <laughs> There's a lot and growing. <laughs> yeah. And so our focus is, of course, bringing overnight visitors to our hotels. That's really important. Um, but we think more of a global, regional aspect of it as well, because Burnsville is close to everything. We're close to the Mall of America. We're close to Valley Fair, the Minnesota Zoo. Even though we don't have those major attractions, we still market and promote those in hopes that people will stay overnight in our hotels. So location, location, location. It's all about location. Right. And that's great for both Bloomington and Burnsville. Your location's but, off of major interstates. That's got to be a benefit, Bonnie. That's right. And I would agree with Amy. You know, our job, certainly we want them to, when they put their head down at night, we hope they choose one of our hotels. But I think it's a bigger mission. We like to, we promote the attractions around us. We promote the zoo. And actually, Burnsville has a wonderful performing arts center that we have promoted. And I'm sure, as she said, she promotes the Mall of America where the home is here in Bloomington. So we want to give those visitors certainly the opportunity to see everything. It isn't about necessarily staying and doing every single minute of your time in Bloomington. We want them to see the rest of of Minnesota and particularly in the metro area. We even say that we like that Minneapolis and St. Paul are our biggest suburbs and that people (laughs) should visit with them. Mm -hmm. Well, and tourists don't know boundaries. So you get them in your community and you're looking more for a hub and spoke approach. Correct, Amy? Yeah, we look at Burnsville as a great hub and spoke, like you said, location, location. And um, just our proximity to Bloomington. I like to say when Bloomington's having a good day, Burnsville will have a good day because oftentimes we get their compression. Yeah, I I would agree with that as well. And, you know, don't you think that's evolved even more as more communities working together and expanding our borders in that regard and, you know, close to the airport and in major interstates? Well, that's a great lead into my next question. How important is collaboration among cities and promoting tourism? There are a lot of destination marketing organizations just within the Twin Cities, 20 plus. That's a lot of individual cities promoting tourism. So how do you work together? 
Well, for Burnsville, we're part of the Metro Tourism Committee as well as Bloomington. And I think for us being a smaller DMO, we're one staff. And it's hugely important for our organization to have that collaboration and to be able to market and promote the metro area as a whole. As I said before, we don't have everything. And so we rely on the major attractions and our our neighbors around us to really uplift the region and the Twin Cities to bring visitors to the whole area. So being able to have a larger voice with having so many DMOs is vital to who we are as the Twin Cities area. Right. And and I think that the Metro Tourism Marketing Group is really important. It's uh, representatives from about 20 organizations, I think. And we actually do some joint campaigns together throughout the year, two or three, I think we're up to now. And with the larger goal in mind of getting them to Minnesota, get them to the metro area, and then giving them the choice of many wonderful areas to stay in and uh, be able to capitalize on everything that everyone has. That's one thing I've noticed within the tourism industry is the approach to working together. It's not that they're mine, it's they're ours. That's right. For me personally, I have always wanted to be supportive to another organization that's smaller than mine because that's I started there. And um, there were times people weren't as supportive. And I'm so happy that that's evolved. Certainly, and from a woman's standpoint as well, I, I really want to be supportive of how can we help you in your destination, whether it be some challenge or some new opportunity. You know, if, it's really nice to have that collaboration. I would agree with Bonnie. Bonnie's been very welcoming. I met Bonnie originally when I was with the Minneapolis Regional Chamber of Commerce. And so when I came to the DMO world, she was one of the first to welcome me. And throughout all the years, she and her team have always been very supportive, not only of Burnsville, but as me as a leader in the DMO world. And that's not common in a lot of industries. And I think that's one of the things that keeps me going every day um, is that camaraderie and having those cheerleaders and friends in the industry. Yeah, we love Burnsville. And, you know, the the thing is, is that um, we all have challenges and it's just been really nice to be able to lean on people and um, share that collaboration. Speaking of challenges, the pandemic was a big one. Tourism has been making a steady comeback. Give us a status report in your destinations. Bloomington has been very blessed and lucky to have had experienced some great occupancy numbers this this last uh, year. It started in 22, and we were happy that it continued in 23. In fact, I think we've been carrying the occupancy for the metro area. I would liken that a lot to uh, we are the home of the wonderful and famous Mall of America, and people like to visit that. And also, we're convenient with major interstates close to the international airport and our hotels. You know, we're still that community that, you know, you can drive up to a hotel and park your car and you don't have to pay for that. And that's huge for families, you know, that are visiting. With a tough economy. That's right. That's right. So I think that that's helped us a lot. How about Burnsville? Well, give us a status report, Amy. It's similar to um, what Bloomington is experiencing. 
We started to see great recovery in 2022, and that's continued into 2023. Leisure, hospitality, sports, events was very um, quick to bounce back. We're still waiting on some of the corporate and meeting business to return. So that's, you know, slower. But we're, we've been very fortunate with our occupancy and our average daily rate to be back to about where we were at before the pandemic. Great news. Yeah. And I actually, I would agree with that, Amy. And she brought up a great point. Meetings and conventions kind of came back this year more than even last year. But that business traveler is what has been sort of the elusive traveler. They're not back 100%. I just had some national statistics this last week, however, and um, we had Smith Travel Research in, and they say it's about 80% back nationwide. So I think we're right in that uh, norm part of it, and it's getting better, and it's supposed to pick up even in 24. Bonnie, you do a lot in the international market. How is that business? International travel is uh, expected actually to have some big growth in 24. I think for uh, 21 and 22, and even 23, we always say Europe and beyond was on fire. Everybody had that pent-up demand. Some were still using trips that they had booked and had to cancel at the pandemic. So uh, I just came from a conference with Brand USA this last week, and they're saying that 24 is going to be a better year for the United States. And of course, there's a, a lot of unrest in our world today. So they feel that the United States is going to be the place to visit. Here in Bloomington, we have always had a great international following, certainly with the Scandinavian countries, the UK, and even Asia. And I'd have to credit that a lot to we have great air service. That is huge for a community and for a state. So uh, we're very optimistic going forward. In the ever-evolving landscape of travel and tourism, how do you stay innovative and adapt to changing trends? Amy? I'm fortunate that I'm able to attend a lot of industry conferences. That's one thing that our board of directors has been very supportive throughout the years. So education, networking with our colleagues, keeping my finger on the pulse, that's really been important for us. I was able to get certified as a destination marketing executive a handful of years ago. Actually, it's probably been more than a handful of years ago now with the (laughs) pandemic, but that was very helpful in the knowledge base. And then just being adaptive, being nimble and ready to change at any moment. How about you, Bonnie, with Bloomington, the, the landscape and how do you adapt? It's really challenging in, you know, especially in the area of technology and, you know, keeping up with the most, the latest and the greatest. So I would agree with Amy. I think industry education and I think maybe even beyond our own destination marketing organizations. For example, uh, as I said, I attended a conference with Brand USA who markets the United States. But what was interesting about that is they actually had airline representatives who are actually kind of sharing the pulse as they see it, looking through that that lens as to future business and what what they're experiencing. And and so it was really helpful because you can kind of make your predictions. And so we rely on that. But I say get involved and you know if you only talk to yourselves, you kind of come up with the same answers. So you need to have that outside 
refreshing education. What role does technology and digital marketing play in your destination marketing efforts? And I'm curious on AI and if you're embracing that new technology. Yes, trying. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great answer. Yeah. I attended U.S. Travel ESTO conference this summer and learned a lot about ChatGPT and came back. Bill, you and I attended that conference together, and we made a promise that we would spend time each week immersing ourselves in learning about ChatGPT and AI and how we can implement into that, into our daily work and into our marketing initiatives. And I've held steady on that, had a couple blips on the radar, but... It's very interesting to me. I'm slow to adapt, but I'm embracing it. Um, I think from a futuristic standpoint, it's here to stay that, you know, we need to embrace it as marketers and we need to stay on top of the trends and it's just going to be part of our business. Bonnie, it is overwhelming though. It is really overwhelming and kind of scary. You know, you're going through these phases. People are saying, oh, they can say something negative and put your name on it and all of these kinds of things. Again, two weeks ago, we were with our global agency and it was one of the subjects we asked them to dig into. And they were a little bit calmer about it, but said, you know, we're looking into how our clients will be able to use that in a positive way to promote destinations and, you know, use it in your marketing. So I have to be honest, we're still learning about it. Certainly familiar with chat GPT and, um, but now we're looking at how to fine tune that and capture it in a positive way. So uh, we're going to hope to do something in 24. It's a big subject. You both have mentioned Mall of America. It's a incredible attraction for not just the Bloomington or the Twin Cities, but really the state of Minnesota. So let's talk a little bit more about malls and specifically Mall of America in Bloomington. Bonnie, give us your perspective because you've seen it from concept to where it is today. Yeah, I was actually in the city council chambers when the Gramazian brothers presented the concept. So uh, it just seems like yesterday. It's truly been an asset for Bloomington, yes, but for our state. I mean, it's been an economic generator, hands down. But um, I think what, what was so unique about it, I mean, a mall is a mall, but not the Mall of America. The Mall of America has entertainment. It has restaurants. It has shopping. And so I think it was sort of that something for everybody. If you come as a family, maybe one person wants to go see a movie. And they have 13 movie theaters. Some The kids want to go on rides, and maybe the mother and daughter want to go shopping. I mean, you can do it all under one roof. And now they've added hotels to it and so um, and complimentary parking. So I think they they really thought it through, and um, it's just been a huge asset. Certainly, during the pandemic, they had a challenge with their retailers, but I'm happy to say that they still remain about 95% leased and have recovered Great. tremendously, so we hope that continues. I did speak with Jill Renslow from Mall of yeah. America, who's the chief business development marketing officer recently on this podcast. And I asked her why after 30 plus years is Mall of America still so popular? And her answer was around the fact that Mall of America continues to bring in 
new attractions, new retailers. It's always got something new and that helps to bring people back again and again. I would agree. The other thing that they've been very, very successful in doing is having events here and they'll capitalize on, on that. Taylor Swift was in town recently this summer and the Mall of America hosted a big event in their rotunda for fans of Taylor Swift. And then they provided transportation downtown to us bank stadium. I mean, it was amazing that these young girls, most of them were, um, they had an absolutely wonderful time. And so I think they're just really good at, at doing that kind of thing, keeping it fresh. Amy in Burnsville, you have Burnsville center, which has been in the community for decades. There has been a lot of uh, reporting out there that regional malls are struggling a bit and looking to redevelop and that's the case for Burnsville center. Can you give a status report on redevelopment efforts for the mall in Burnsville? Burnsville Center opened in the 70s, and it's sort of a, I've learned a lot about regional shopping malls. Burnsville Center has five different owners at the center. Macy's owns their building, Penny's owns theirs, Sears, the former Sears, is owned by Seritage, the former Gordman's area is owned by another group, and then the inside of the mall is owned by another group. The Wynn Group, um, they just recently purchased that and have big plans to do some upgrading, find new tenants, bring in some new events to the mall, really to drive foot traffic. So in that, redevelopment is a bit of a challenge because you have to get all the partners on the same playing field because they all own their buildings and they all own their parking lots. And that doesn't even count the out parcels and the ownership groups there. So there's... A great opportunity there. The city of Burnsville, a handful of years ago, created a plan called Center Village, and that is to redevelop not only the land parcels, but the drivability and the access points. Because right now it stands as a mall that you just sort of drive around. Back you know, in the 70s and 80s when they were building shopping malls, you just sort of drove around the parking lot until you found a spot. But now they want to take Aldrich Avenue and have that go through part of the Burnsville Center parking lot. There's redevelopment going to go on the Buck Hill side with a roundabout. They're working with MnDOT to redo the intersection of 35W and County Road 42. So there's a lot of um, sort of infrastructure that's happening um, in the next couple of years. And then now with the new ownership group of the interior part, if you will, of Burnsville Center, I think there's going to be a lot of excitement coming up. The group that bought it is very energized and excited to bring some new ideas and foot traffic to the center. So with that, we're really excited ourselves to see what's going to happen. Bonnie and Amy, I'd like to look ahead and have both of you share your vision for the future of your organizations and tourism in Minnesota. And what trends do you believe will shape the industry in the coming years? Bonnie? For Bloomington, uh, we're excited because we are now looking at some new development. We have about uh, 65 acres in what we call the South Loop area of Bloomington, which is where the Mall of America is located, and it's very close to the airport. And so what's exciting about that is that we're looking at projects that will complement our largest industry, which is the hospitality industry. Now, part of that also falls on the Mall of America 
land, which they are looking to build a water park, indoor climate-controlled water park, which was always part of the vision. Except, uh, you know, that nasty little pandemic came along and kind of derailed everything. But it still is on the drawing board. And we believe that that'll be a real centerpiece for the metro area. So we're excited about future development. I think that families are looking for a good price. So we offer good hotel rates, I think, in Minnesota in general convenience and something unique and iconic. And I think that trend is going to continue. So we're really excited about some some new ideas that are on the drawing board. Nothing to announce at this moment, but there's uh, uh, some really good opportunity. We will stay tuned. Amy, can you share your vision of the future for Burnsville? We're a community that is 98% developed. So we're in a redevelopment phase, be it for hospitality and tourism, our housing or business communities. So I think there's great excitement in the future for redevelopment opportunities. As I mentioned before, Burnsville Center sits on 96 acres. That's a huge plot of land right at the intersection of 35E and 35W. Great visibility. Very attractive parcel. Mm -hmm. Very attractive for housing hospitality. So I'm really excited to see what could happen there. That energizes me. And then just to continue to see what happens at the AIM Center, how those events and attractions evolve at that facility. And then I would say what excites me is the possibility as us as an organization uh, utilizing research more in our marketing initiatives and what happens with AI as a destination marketing organization. As women leaders in the tourism industry in Minnesota, what advice do you have for aspiring female professionals looking to excel in destination marketing and tourism? Bonnie? I would encourage it 100%. I think it's uh, one of the best fields to go into. I think that starting small is is not insignificant. I think both Amy and I started when our organizations were really small. And um, I think that there's a place. I think that women are very, very good at this job. I think they have uh, a lot of uh, empathy and compassion along with some great ideas and, and intelligence about what this future holds. They seem to be a real natural. I'm just thrilled that more people and and women in some large destinations are now at the helm of uh, visit, you know, Orlando, Chicago, San Diego. They're all women. And uh, that was not the case even a decade ago. Amy, some advice? My advice would be connectivity. You know, don't be afraid to connect with the larger destinations. They may have more zeros at the end of their budget, but we're all human and it's a very nurturing, caring industry. I've gained some great friendships throughout my years in Burnsville. Don't be afraid to ask for a seat at the table, to have a seat at the table, be it with your city council, different boards of directors in the industry, to have a voice and just enjoy the ride and enjoy the journey. You know, it's a great industry. It's always evolving. That's one thing that 
in my 17 years, I look back and it, when I started, it was about our 800 number and getting people to call that to request <laughs> visitor our, inquiries. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or, True. you know, inserts in newspapers and then we would fulfill the visitor guide piece. But now it's, you know, every, we can switch our marketing initiatives on a dime if something's not working. So it's an industry that is forever evolving and it's just, it's thrilling. And so it's just a great joy ride. So I would encourage any young woman, young man to embrace hospitality and tourism. I would just have to agree 100%. I think that part of my success is the fact that I had, a, I never thought that I was small or insignificant, or I always asked for a seat at the table. I think I would say that for Amy, that as well. And um, again, connect with people. I always went to people that were doing more than I was doing, you know, because if you can aspire to that, uh, it certainly helped me in my career. But I, I would agree, it's a wonderful business. Bonnie Carlson. Amy Burrell, fascinating conversation today. I can tell you both love your jobs yes. and you've evolved well and you continue to be leaders in the tourism and hospitality field in Minnesota and across the country. So thanks for your time on the Growing Destinations podcast. Thank you, Bill, for having us and for supporting this uh, destination marketing. Thank you, Bill. This has been fun. Thank you for tuning in to the Growing Destinations podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. This podcast is brought to you by Experience Rochester. Find out more about Rochester, Minnesota and its growing arts and culture scene, its international culinary flavors, and award-winning craft beer by visiting experiencerochestermn.com.